Hello, and welcome back to the Synergy Thrive podcast, my gorgeous thriving souls. I'm so excited to introduce this next guest that we're having. Basically, let's just combine all the things that we talk about here, the mind, body, soul aspect, and this is from the perspective of a yoga therapist and a mindfulness coach. Her name is Rachel, and this perspective is going to be fire because not only do we get her very intricate insight of rewiring your nervous system, but we also have a personalized glimpse into exactly how she works with her clients. She gives us a sneak peek and a sneak preview right into exactly the methods that she uses and even gives our own little rendition just for us on the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in and let's jump right in. Welcome to the Synergy Thrive Podcast. I'm Kelly Cole, founder of Energy of Thrive Tribe and creator of Synergy Thrive Academy. This is a podcast for ambitious moms who are tired of feeling like a lack of energy and constant stress is preventing them from fulfilling their highest purpose. What if all the pieces you need to make that happen reside within you? Connecting the spirit, your brain, your body, your gut, and your mind creates a balance and synergy to thrive. Here is to thriving women. May we know them, may we be them, may we raise them. This is the Synergy Thrive Podcast. Hello, my gorgeous thriving souls, and welcome back to the Synergy Thrive Podcast. We have an amazing guest today, Miss Rachel Posner, and She's here as a yoga therapist and a mindfulness coach, and we are really going to delve in today because one of the things that she likes to do is rewire the nervous system. And here on the Synergy Thrive podcast, you know that we are all about that connection between our bodies and our minds and getting into all the details on how to unravel what's wound up and how to redo things that need redoing. So... Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Um, tell us just a little bit about yourself as a yoga therapist and a mindfulness coach. So I've been in this world for about 20 years now. I started out as um, sort of my training came all at once, yoga therapy, yoga instruction, and a master's in counseling. Um, it felt like I couldn't just do one of those because each one felt like they were lacking in some way. <laughs> and so I've been kind of um, bringing those three worlds together through the last 20 years. But then I would say in the last 10, mindfulness, the concept of mindfulness really came online. And then neuroscience started to back up mindfulness. So what I do now is really a mind, body, and brain experience and um, or approach, you might say. I really like to work with mindfulness practices, um, but I look at the intersection between psychology, um, yoga philosophy, neuroscience, and mindfulness. And I feel like it's the sweet spot. I really feel like any one of those pieces is missing something. And I think we can take a mind approach, we can take a body approach, we can take a brain approach, but when we bring them together, we just move a lot faster, we grow a lot more quickly. Perfect. And that's, I mean, literally, you're hitting the nail on the head for exactly why 
this podcast even exists. It's because <laughs> we are talking about the reasons that you can't just focus on one area. When you focus on one area alone, it doesn't get you far enough. It doesn't go deep enough sometimes. And we have to remember that we're so interconnected and that is really the place where for me, I call it the synergy that leads mm-hmm. into your thriving. And um, yeah, I, that resonates so much here. So thank you. You're welcome. So if um, you normally have clients that you might see that are coming to you, what do you normally hear them say when they're first coming in your doors? Like I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, or like, how does it normally present for people when they know that they're ready to kind of get into some, some work they need to do? Most people present at least at the beginning with um, feeling overstressed or anxious, and sometimes they're coming for trauma work. So I'd say, you know, we all experience some level of trauma and trauma has an impact on the nervous system. And how our nervous system works has an impact on how stressed we feel or how anxious we feel on a daily basis. So um, in our culture, at least, no one escapes stress, overload, some level of anxiety. We're all somewhere on that spectrum. And um, generally, people are coming with those kinds of complaints, like I just feel overwhelmed or I feel overreactive, especially with my kids. Um, Because, you know, you bottle it up all day long and you tend to not overreact with colleagues and friends. And then your kids and your partners get the brunt of it is generally how it works. So when people start to notice they're overreacting with their kids or their partners or their kind of more intimate relationships, they know there's an issue that they need to work with. And so then we dive into the underlying issue. So I'm not interested in a Band-Aid. I'm not interested in just giving you a relaxation technique because that can be really helpful in the moment, but it's not going to be helpful in the long run. So I help people to look at the underlying issues that are causing their nervous system to get dysregulated because it's not really the stressors, right? We all have stressors. That is just a part of life. And we all know that some days the stressor comes in and we are rock stars and it feels really good to solve the challenges and we feel super strong and resilient. And some days those exact stressors like just tip us over the edge. So I look less at stressors and more at the underlying causes that the stressor is causing the stress response. Um, how about a soundbite on this? Just <laughs> I'm not interested in a Band-Aid. Like that, that could be, this is like its own hashtag. Like I'm not interested in a Band-Aid. I love that energy. I love everything about it. Um, so Exactly. So when you are in that spot and you're getting so triggered and you are overreactive and you're feeling that place, how does the work that you do end up unraveling that and like deconditioning some of that? Um, Like how does that end up working for people? So um, there's the practice and then there's the knowledge. So I think the knowledge, the why the practices work is just as important as the practice because we know that when we believe in something, when we understand something, it will be more effective, right? I don't want people to just take my word for it. So first there is the explaining, teaching people how their nervous system works and helping people to figure out how their particular nervous system works, right? Because 
There are some generalities that we can say as humans are the same for all of us, but everyone has different triggers. Everyone has different backgrounds. So I start generally by uh, like in a more cognitive way or a psychoeducational way, here's kind of how things work and why you might feel really reactive right now or why you might be really checking out right now. So I, I'm, we're gathering information, getting some sort of general um, teaching around how it works. And then depending on what your particular triggers are, what kind of gets you going, whether it's into fight or flight where we're super reactive or into that freeze mode where we feel really checked out, then we can look at practices that help us with that. Some of the practices are things that we wanna do before we're in fight, flight, or freeze because they will rewire the nervous system. Some of the practices that you can work with when you're not stressed as just a daily five to 20 minutes, everybody's a little different, can really help to start to strengthen your parasympathetic nervous system so you're not as easily triggered into those fight, flight, freeze responses. And then some of the practices we work with will be helpful to work with in the moment. When you notice, oh boy, I'm heading over the edge. Sometimes we notice before, sometimes we notice after the fact. Either way, there are practices that we can work with that help us in the moment. Um, so it's both. Yeah, it is. Okay, I love that. So giving all the tools for the different stages, however they're approaching it at that moment, because one thing is not going to be able to apply to every situation. Um, they might be needing it in the moment, or they might be needing it as a background, kind of like having that calming already or having that like in that mental space already before the day starts or however yeah. they're approaching it. That's, You're exactly um, right. Like if you think about how you move through a day, there are some things that we can do in our morning routine to help us settle, right? Especially if we know that we have a big day ahead. So, you know, mindfulness is all about noticing. It's about noticing without judgment. That's the simplest definition I can give around mindfulness. So if I take a look at my calendar in the morning or before I go to bed, one might be better for one person than the other. I can get a sense of like, what am I looking at and how can I support myself in this day? So there are some things we can do on the front end before the day really even starts. And I'm talking about things that can last two minutes, right? Yes, it's lovely if you have an hour for your morning routine, not all of us have that. So I work with practices that can be kind of um, integrated into whatever life you actually have. And so if you're kind of setting yourself up for your day, you know what to expect, you know, you start to get to know your um, what kinds of things get you more stressed out, then you can plan for that day. You can put two minute pauses into the top of the hour or the two minute pause before the next meeting or before the next thing. So I think what's really important is to notice how many transitions you have and that a little space between the transition goes a really, really long way. And again, all of those practices will be different depending on who you are. You know, breath practice is one of the things that everybody is always talking about. Some people feel really anxious when they pay attention to their breath because their heart is racing, because they feel like they're not doing it right, which is not true. But in any case, our minds tell us all kinds of lies all day long that are not always helpful. Yeah. And so, you know, for some people paying attention to the sounds of the room or stamping their feet on the floor and feeling themselves kind of getting into their body and out of their head so much 
could be much more helpful than breathing. So I really try to individualize the practices so they meet the needs of the person that I'm working with. That makes so much sense. Um, I love that you're meeting people where they are and then not just giving a blanket statement on this is how it happens. Like this, these are all the possible ways. Like that's literally one of our goals here. That's why you're here is to give light into all these different corners of what things can look like. Like these are all the different ways that you can start this process of feeling better and getting connected to yourself. And um, that's amazing. I love that you're giving all the different options. And um, I think a lot of people need that. They need to try it on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about, um, are you open to doing any like little meditation or any kind of an example that you might have for our listeners um, in this episode so that we could do something that somebody could have um, a really tangible example uh, to walk away with? I'd love to. Cool. Um, So one thing I would say just to sort of prep that is a big part of how we attend to the needs of our bodies and how we attend to the needs of our nervous system. So actually, let me back up for one second. Your nervous system is amazing, right? It evolved to keep us alive. And so it's really, really good at looking for threats. It's not really, really good at looking for beauty and cues of safety and what's wonderful because it's not what it was really evolved to do. So we have to really purposely notice what's good, how I'm safe right now, because um, it's super easy to notice what's difficult and where we're uncomfortable and where we're suffering because we have this wonderful nervous system that keeps us safe. So it's built to, to keep us alive. It's not really built to keep us thriving. And um, that's what mindfulness practices are. They're both, they're, um, I feel like what I use mindfulness practices for is to notice how I can bring in an experience of safety when I'm not feeling safe. And safe might feel like an extreme word, right? That could be discomfort. That could be, "Ah, I don't want to do that, right? I don't want to do that, not because it's so threatening, but I just feel uncomfortable about it. That's your nervous system going, ah, that doesn't feel so cozy. Maybe we should do something different. So it, while it is a beautiful system, it can keep us a little bit small. Yeah. And what I find is really helpful is to get better and better at noticing my present moment experience. So for example, if I'm hungry or thirsty, my nervous system sees that as a threat. It is a threat to my body physiologically. And sometimes we get stressed simply because we're hungry, thirsty, or need to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. or our low back hurts. All of these are physiological cues that our bodies send to our brains and our brains go, "Uh uh-oh, there's a problem. And sometimes they they give us cortisol and adrenaline and throw us into fight or flight just because we just didn't respond to those physiological needs. It's not always a a sort of life threat. So um, what I think is really important is to spend some time each day throughout the day for a minute or two, just noticing what's happening in my body. I notice, I acknowledge it, I name it. And then I create a plan, which can be as simple as I am going to take two minutes before my next meeting, drink water and go to the bathroom, right? We all know we've been on the computer and we're like, I have to go to the bathroom five more minutes. I'm just finishing this paragraph. Meanwhile, By the time five minutes is over, maybe you're moving into fight or flight because 
your brain is getting the message that you're not okay. So I think what we might do is just a short check-in just to notice what's actually happening right now. And is there a simple way I could attend to that? Perfect. I think that um, a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast in particular, we're the doers, we're the go, go, goers, we're the, you know, busy, ambitious people. And that it's hard for us sometimes to stop and to sit and to listen. So yeah, open it up. I'll, uh, whatever you're ready. We're, okay. we're ready to hear it. Okay. So if you're in a, obviously not if you're driving, <laughs> if you're in a place where you can settle for a moment, just start to feel the places in your body that are receiving some support, right? Maybe your feet are on the ground. <clears throat> maybe your back's against a chair or a couch. Just let yourself feel that support. And if it's helpful, you could lower your gaze or close your eyes, which for some people can feel stressful. So just notice what helps you to settle a little bit. What helps you to come off of the high alert that we're often on? And as you do this, you're just noticing the sensations that are present. When we don't pay attention to sensations very often, oftentimes we feel like nothing. Like the only thing I notice is maybe a place that I'm in pain. And maybe that's true for you right now. So notice any place where you feel uncomfortable. And then shift to hands and feet. So hands and feet, and there's a lot of pathways between your hands, your feet, and your brain. You could say there's more real estate for your hands and feet. So it's a little easier to notice sensations in those places. Maybe there's a light tingling in your hands or your feet. Maybe there's some tension. You could exaggerate that tension by squeezing your hands and your feet and then letting them relax. Let's notice any place in your body that's holding some tension or discomfort and see if there's just some very simple way you could move. Doesn't have to be a big stretch, but some simple way you could move so that space is just a little bit more comfortable. And then any other bodily cues that stand out. Again, maybe you have to go to the bathroom or you're thirsty or you're hungry. Just name those things, acknowledge them. And then acknowledge any stressors that you're sitting with. Maybe there are some things happening today, some conflicts going on, one too many things. Just notice what feels a little difficult in your life right now. You don't have to go deep in or tell a story. You're just acknowledging, this is hard for me. And then with a sort of commitment to be on your own side, right? It's so easy to put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but come to this question as though you are asking your best friend, what could you use today? Is there something I could offer you, body or mind, that would create just a little bit more ease? Doesn't have to be anything big. We're not talking about go get a massage. 
just saying what's a simple thing I could offer you maybe even in the next half hour that could create just a little bit more ease for you And once you've found something, imagine yourself in that action. When you imagine yourself doing something, it lays down those neural pathways so that thing becomes more familiar to your brain and what's familiar is easier to do neurologically. So imagine yourself in that very simple action. And then I'm going to suggest just two more things. One is to notice one thing that makes you feel safe right now. In this moment, not later, not in the future, but right this moment, is there one thing in your environment, internal or external, that brings in an experience of safety? And one thing, internal or external environment, that brings in an experience of connection. Just name a safety cue and a connection cue. If your eyes are closed, you can keep them closed. I'm just going to say a couple things about that meditation, which is that one, we started by noticing what's true in this moment and acknowledging that there is a response. No one had to tell you what that response would be. There's something that you know intuitively would help ease the, the tension in the body, ease the stress of the day. There's something that you acknowledge that would help and you imagined yourself doing that. Even if you don't do it, the imagining is helpful. And next we looked at a safety and a connection cue because safety and connection are kind of fast tracks to regulating your nervous system. When you're feeling stressed, if you can find an experience, however small of safety and of connection, you will help your body move into that parasympathetic relaxation response. And the third thing we did was we brought in a tone of self-friendliness. How would you speak to a friend? The way we speak to ourselves has a huge impact on our nervous system. So if we speak to ourselves with you're not enoughnesses, which we all do, this is not a judgment, but when those not enoughnesses come in, it helps to again, dysregulate the nervous system. And when we speak to ourselves with kindness, with a self-friendliness, we help to relax the nervous system. So that's a lot in a small period of time, but we did all those pieces. And those are the pieces that I would love for you to hold onto. The agency that you can notice what you need and that when you bring in safety and connection and self-compassion, you will help your body relax. That was beautiful, Rachel. Thank you so much. I am feeling really relaxed now. And I noticed I was doing it with you, of course, and I 
noticed initially that some way I was like holding my foot on the ground. I was completely unaware of until you started just bringing my attention to pay attention to myself. And then I was like, why am I doing that? That actually hurts. And I <laughs> corrected it. I'm like, oh, that's much more comfortable. Um, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, when you are working with women who are coming in and going more deeply into this work, um, what are you finding any transformation for them being at the end? Like, do you have any, any stories or examples of anybody coming to you and saying, this is what I'm experiencing now. And, uh, before, you know, it was this way and now it's this way. Um, any insight on that? Um, I think, I mean, there's a lot, but I think one common thread, I really, I really am push is not quite the word self-compassion because so much of our stress is wrapped around the way we talk to ourselves. And I also really prioritize what we're paying attention to. So generally the present moment is actually nicer than the past and the future. It's not that there isn't lots of beauty in the past and future, but when we're thinking about the past and future, oftentimes it's around worry. So something is coming up and then our brain naturally goes, oh, I remember when you did something like that and it went badly. Like we're really good. We say the negative, the brain is like um, Teflon for the positive and Velcro for the negative, right? It just does a better job of holding on to the negative again, mm -hmm. because it was built to keep us safe. And so negative, it wants to highlight negative experiences. So we don't get into that situation again. So a lot of what I do is work with neuroplasticity, meaning how can we change the brain to orient more towards the positive than the negative? It won't keep us less safe because we'll always notice what's not working. But again, we're not that good or we have to really practice because it's not the natural evolution. We have to really practice paying attention to what's good. So I think a lot of things that people notice after they've been working with me for a period of time is not just that their nervous systems are more regulated, but when we spend more time in that parasympathetic relaxation response, we are more able to notice all of the beauty around us, the beauty of this moment. I'm having this conversation out of the corner of my eye. I can feel the light coming in through my window. The temperature is just perfect in my room. I feel really nice with my books. Like there are things that I can be present to that are happening besides this conversation. There's a whole world around me right now. So I think that's one of the things that I help people to do is to just pay attention to beauty more often because when we're in fight, flight, or freeze, the way that that works is that we have a very narrow perspective and the narrow perspective is all on what's wrong again, so we can take care of what's wrong, but oftentimes we lose sight of what's right. So um, that's a huge goal of mine to help people see what's right, to help people feel into the beauty. Yes. Feel more relaxed. Yes. Feel less stressed, but also feel a lot more expansive about the life, their life in the world. I love it. So um I think that there's so much transformation to be had here. I think that there's so much wisdom to be had here. And um, I truly thank you, Rachel, for coming and joining us today and for that beautiful meditation. Um, tell us like 
Do you have anything coming up and how we can connect with you? How can our listeners find you? Um, well, you can find me at my website, which is rachelposner.com. Um, I have a course coming up starting February 21st, which is called Cultivating Calm and Connection, 30 Days to Rewire Your Nervous System. We meet once a week uh, on Zoom. And yeah, it's just exactly what the, <laughs> what the title says. It's how do we rewire the nervous system um, by really cultivating experiences of calm connection and compassion. So what we did was a little bit of a taste of that course. I have a freebie that people are welcome to that puts you on my mailing list. And that is a six minute meditate. It's not so much a meditation. It's a practice on, again, physical ways to reset your nervous system by relaxing the muscles in the face. Because again, when jaw is tense, when shoulders are tense, very common for all of us furrowed brow, that sends a message to the nervous system that all is not well. So you could be totally fine. You just have habitual tension in your jaw. And all of a sudden you are in that reactive place. So that's a um, free exercise you can do with me. And you can just through my website, email me. I answer my emails. <laughs> I don't have a team that does that for me. I really love to connect. So if this conversation just brought up questions, you are so welcome to just send me an email and start a conversation. I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I have a yoga meditation um, membership. I offer online courses, international retreats. So I dip my toes into lots of things because I think everybody needs something a little different. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, I know when Rachel was telling me about her retreats, my, my brain was like, bing, bing, because she was telling me about these beautiful settings and um, there's so much possibility here. So thank you so much, Rachel. So, so happy to have you. And um, any other any other things we left out? Don't want to miss any good, any good nuggets from you. Any other, any um, other. Here's a, such a simple one. When you rest your hand on your heart or your cheek and you bring in a feeling of warmth and self-friendliness, it helps you to release oxytocin, which is a neurochemical that makes you feel more relaxed, more trusting, more comfortable in the world. Such a simple thing. I could be talking to you and just have my hand on my heart and you probably wouldn't even really notice. Or if you're on the phone and you're feeling a little stressed, just the simplicity of offering yourself that warmth from your own hand can make whatever you're dealing with a little bit easier. Little trick Perfect. that I love. Perfect. And that's so sweet. All right. Thank you so much, Rachel. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Synergy Thrive Podcast. I hope this episode helped you take one more step towards your synergy and brought you one level higher to fulfilling your highest purpose. Please rate and review this podcast. Each review helps other ambitious moms just like you. Don't forget to take a screenshot of your review and tag me on Instagram at Synergy Thrive. I will see you in the next episode.